Hey, Texas Values friends, Jonathan Sines here, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on this afternoon in the last week of 2023. Boy, a lot's happened. I've spent a little time reflecting on my drive in between Houston and Austin, seeing family for Christmas. Maybe you have too. Let's not forget about some of the great things that happened, but also setting the stage for what's going to happen next in a very important year, 2024. So thank you for being a part of this Texas Values Town Hall. We've got some incredible guests lined up for you. I mean, it's going to be rapid fire almost. So try to stay uh, on topic with us and try to keep up as we go through about an hour. We've got probably about 10 to 12 speakers from different issues that we work on some of the most wonderful and experienced people on the issues. Abby Johnson is going to tackle pro-life. Representative Matt Shaheen is going to talk about uh, Senate Bill 12 and protecting kids from sexualized performances in front of them, a big piece of legislation that passed. Of course, we're going to cover the Save Women Sports issue. You don't want to miss some of the guests we have lined up for that. Also, pregnancy resource centers, what's going on in the pro-life movement on those issues, as well as a few other legislators that are going to jump in, Representative Swanson. Also, we're going to cover the religious liberty issue. What are, what, are, what are we doing with the youth? What's happening and opportunities there? Christian Collins and our intern Megan Benton is going to cover some of that territory. Matt Long is going to talk about our friendship together this year and that what the grassroots are doing and what Texas Values has meant to them. But uh, a lot to cover. And let me, oh, Representative Oliverson and, of course, our good friends at Family Policy Alliance. So stay tuned. We're going to be hitting all these topics and talking and have a great discussion for the next hour. If you're watching on Facebook, and I'm going to check my Facebook feed to see if I've got this lined up and that we're going share this live feed into a group, into some other chats. Let's get, let's increase the conversation and widen the audience, if you will. I'm going to go ahead and share this onto my personal page. And we encourage you to do the same. So uh, listen, where do we start? What an incredible year 2023 was. That doesn't mean there's not still work to do in 2024. But look, the legislative session just ended a couple of weeks ago. All right, We had four special sessions. We had numerous local elections. We had State Board of Education work. We had court cases at the Texas Supreme Court and U.S. Supreme Court on a variety of different issues that we care about. And Texas values some of the work we led on. Uh, our top three priorities we got done during this legislative session and almost got a few big ones in the special sessions that followed. Hey, if while you're on watching this, there's an opportunity to do questions. If you're uh, if you've registered, you can put it in a chat. If you're on Facebook Live, put it in the comment section, and I'm going to have those questions sent to me. We'll do our best to get those answered. We want this interactive, right? Not just our panelists and people talking. We want to hear from you, our supporters, the audience. What do you want to know about? What questions do you have? What are you wondering about? What are we not covering? or that maybe we've missed, you want to make sure as part of the conversation. Uh, try to stay on topic, though, as far as the topics we're covering. We don't want to veer off into something else. And so whatever issue we're talking about, you got a question about that, you're wondering, let us know. Put it in the chat for the webinar or put it in the uh, comment section for the Facebook Live if you're on Facebook watching and I'm excited about it because I've got some of my great friends that are going to be a part of this conversation. And listen, if you're inspired while we're on this uh, town hall today, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at txvalues.org. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And the only way that we can continue to be strong and bold and do what we need to do and literally stand up to Satan, I'll talk about that later, a crazy note card and, I don't know, curse that's tr tried to be placed on me that I received in the mail about a month or so ago. Make a tax-deductible donation, though, okay? Stand up against Satan. 
txvalues.org. You can make that tax-deductible donation at any time of the day or night, but certainly during this town hall. Uh, I want to bring in our policy director, Jonathan Covey, to kick things off because there's no question in a legislative year, that's where some of the biggest work took place and the biggest focus for Texas values. And a big part of that was a piece of legislation that Jonathan Covey, Mr. Covey, as we like to call him around the office, since we're both Jonathan and we share the same birthday. Mr. Covey, take it from here. Hey, thanks, Jonathan. I mean, you know, there's no question we've had a tremendous year and it's always helpful to uh, look back sort of on the last 12 months and really just get a kind of a bird's eye view of how much progress was made. Hello, everyone. Uh, Jonathan Covey, I'm the policy director for Texas Values. Um, you know, we just want to take a little bit of time to reflect on some of the highlights of this past year. And there's no doubt that protecting kids uh, was a theme in 2023. Um, and, and while this year was without a doubt uh, filled with so many important and critical issues that that uh, other organizations as well as ours had a had a hand in, I think it's it's sort of fitting to start out as we often do here at Texas Values with one of the centerpieces of this controversy uh, this year at the Texas Capitol. And that was, you know, that was protecting kids from sexually oriented performances. Often, but not always, they would be in the form of a drag show, a, a, a drag queen um, couching, you know, having a performance and couching it as, as being an art. And these, these things started popping up all over Texas and it became clear that adults who were not only organizing these performances, but were actually performing in them and were intentionally, they were intentionally targeting children who, while, while they're not as discerning as adults, they're certainly more impressionable and certainly more able to be harmed. Um, and that's, that's when the legislature decided to get involved. Representative Matt Shaheen um, was the House author of Senate Bill 12. That was the bill that was passed by the legislature to protect uh, children. And I think that uh, I think that Representative Shaheen was going to be joining us. Do we have him on? I'll check on the people in the back. I don't think so. I think we're still waiting for him. He just he just told me that he was jumping in. So y'all keep an eye out for him. Uh, but you know, we're we want to talk a little bit about Senate Bill 12. And one of the one of the things that we want to talk about is, is that Senate Bill 12 um of course was passed by the Senate and then passed by the House. And it was to it was to target and protect kids from all sorts of sexualized performances. And Representative Shaheen, uh, Representative Matt Shaheen was a big part of that and uh, certainly stood his ground in the Texas House uh, to talk in favor of the of this uh, bill and, and filed the House version of this bill as well. Um, and I think that um, we, we saw this bill go, of course, after the legislative session is over, um, the regular session was over. Uh, we saw this bill, of course, uh, reach September and lawsuits were filed against this bill. Um, to to stop it from going into effect. We see many lawsuits starting to challenge uh, legislation that protects kids and uh, wanted to get Representative Shaheen, of course, to comment sort of on on how that those lawsuits are going on. Um, if he joins us here in a moment, we'll we'll uh, switch back to him. But uh, if you guys have questions in the chat about um, Senate Bill 12, where it's at, how it's doing, let us know. Um, you can put uh, those questions in the in the Q and A function. 
uh, and we'll try to get to your questions and answer them the best we can uh, to the knowledge that we have of Senate Bill 12 as well. well. And let me jump in here, Mr. Covey, because, uh, look, this is an issue with, with drag queens. I mean, really trying to take over every part of society, right? They tried to take over a Christmas parade, we know, out in Taylor, Texas, mm -hmm. and a variety of other things where they really just spring up on people that aren't expecting it, particularly as it relates to children. Public school libraries, I mean, it's just as is out of control. We filed a brief in the case for Senate Bill 12. This case is coming out of Houston, Texas. I mean, just an ridiculous decision by the federal judge in that case. So we're not concerned. At the end of the day, we know this, we'll find a way for this law to prevail and for it to be enforced because the protection, the innocence, and the safety of kids is on the line in the state of Texas. And, and that should be something we should all agree on, whether you're Republican or Democrat or left or right. And I do think there are a lot of people uh, on the left as well that have concerns about that or consider themselves Democrat uh, on these issues. They have children, too. This is not what they expect. Even if some people, they're OK with those type of activities, they certainly don't want them taking place in front of children. And so this is common sense legislation. You can find out more about it at our website, TXValues.org. We've covered that quite in detail. And look, the Senate author, Senator Brian Hughes, somebody who's a leader in the Senate, has been on this issue, a lawyer himself. And so I know there are a lot of people that have participated in the legal side of supporting it, as well as the Attorney General's office. So there'll be more to come on that issue. You know, look, if um, we're still waiting on Representative Shaheen, is that right? Okay, um, let's go ahead. If we have Lori DeVille is ready to go on pro-life, we can switch gears and move in that direction if she's ready to go. And I know Mary Elizabeth is taking the lead on that issue. Um, Ashley, how are we doing? Give me a thumbs up if Lori DeVille's is ready to go. Okay, I don't have a thumbs up, so she's not ready. So we'll wait for her. And Lori DeVille's is a great friend of ours who's worked in the pregnancy care center for quite a long time, started out here in Austin, and then branched out across the state and then across the country. Her pregnancy center resource and network is now called Trotter House. You may be familiar with that. They had a name change recently. This is an organization we've been doing work for uh, for over a decade, starting with legal protection, then strategies, then messaging, and really being the lawyers on call for them. Uh, you know, look, and it's not anything to to joke about. After Roe versus Wade was overturned, their pregnancy centers were attacked in a variety of ways, and you know they needed someone to continue to have to reach out to when. You know, people wanted to really intimidate them in a lot of ways, strike fear. Right. And so, you know, a lot of people, some people do have my cell phone and I'm responsive when Lori Davila's calls, because I know a lot of times they don't have a lot of time uh, time to respond to that. And so, yeah, look, and, and we're we're happy to do that. I mean, that's a resource that we've been providing since the beginning. I've been licensed to practice for 20 years in the state of Texas. So it's something that I'm glad to do. It's a tool I can take out of the toolbox whenever I need to. And it's certainly been something of value, I know, to Trotter House and that group for, for many years. And so as soon as she's ready, Ashley, go ahead and let her in on the Zoom room, and then um, we'll bring her into the conversation. Um, but if not, we'll we'll wait on her um, to join us. And so um, I'm just going down the line for who's next on the speakers if they're ready. And I cannot see what that says, so text me the question that's coming up or whatever you have in the chat 
Ashley in a, and I'll try to read it from my phone. So, uh, okay, now I'm seeing it. Got it. Okay. So now that we have Representative Ehart is already on, let's go ahead and move the conversation to her as we're waiting for um, Abby Johnson, who's going to be next on Pro-Life, and Lori Davila's. I'm going to let Mary Elizabeth take the wheel here to talk about the Save Women Sports issue with Representative Ehart. Thanks, Jonathan. Hello, everyone. It's Mary Elizabeth Castle, Director of Government Relations for Texas Values. And what a year it's been for the Save Women Sports issue in Texas. Two years ago, we were able to pass a bill to protect female athletes at the middle school and high school level. And I have good news. We are making sure that's being in effect. The UIL is complying with that law. But we didn't want to just do it halfway here in Texas. We wanted to make sure that all female athletes were protected, just like they should be under Title IX, which is federal law since the 1970s. And we were able to pass SB 15, uh, authored by Senator Mays Middleton and Representative Valerie Swanson in the House who will be on later uh, that make sure that female college athletes are protected because the stakes are higher. Not only are the games more intense, not only are they full-grown men playing against women, but there's scholarship at risk. Um, there's careers at risk. And so we wanted to make sure we had that full protection in Texas for all female athletes and a true champion for this issue who comes a little bit up north for us, who came down every session we had this bill, uh, making the trip down to the great state of Texas was state representative from Idaho, Representative Barbara Ehart. Uh, Representative Ehart, thank you so much for coming on today to talk about the same women's sports issue. Well, you know what, Mary Elizabeth, first, let me just say, I love Texas values. You guys have done some amazing things and you know, every time that I made that trip to Texas you guys are so gracious and I, I just appreciate you all so much and uh I yes you're right I actually feel like I should have an honorary representative tag or something uh, okay. as many times as I opportunities I had to go to Texas but yes this obviously is a subject near and dear to my heart not just being the first but having been a division one women's basketball player and then having spent 15 years coaching Division one women's basketball, we, um, you know, years ago, I could see where this was starting to go. And and uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to see that right now we have 23 states that have signed on to this. But and I'm sure you have questions, but let me just say this. I think you all heard me say it when I testified um, this past year. But as we were going through this, I've got my list and, you know, just um parsing out the SEC, when you look at the power conferences, the ACC, the SEC, you know, the Big 12, whatever that is now, the Big 10 and the Pac-2, no kidding. But as you look at the conferences, I've always said Texas is like its own power conference. It really is. And it was imperative to get Texas on board because the NCAA does not have the power nor the wherewithal to tell Texas what to do. And so having you guys on board was at the collegiate level was absolutely necessary and huge. And I, I, and I know I shared that before, but I just have to share it again. So I'm, you know, I'm sure you have questions, but I just needed to get that out there. We're so grateful to have Texas on, on board and helping lead out. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your work on this issue. And if we have a question for you, uh, we'll go ahead and pull that up. So um, I, I was told maybe you wanted to hear where we are right now in Idaho with the legislation and the Ninth Circuit. Is that correct? Or should I hit that real quickly? 
Sure. So, uh, you know, for our listeners, as you know, um, we've been grateful in Texas that our Save Girl Sports and Save Women's Sports laws have not been challenged by the courts and they've gone into effect. But as we're thinking about how these laws are being passed across the country, you know, so many of our college athletes have to compete in other states. So it's very important that we have these laws in other states. Uh, Representative Ehart, can you talk about what's happening in your state and on the federal level? Yes, absolutely. So uh, as we passed it first, went forward through that process, the ACLU told us during the hearings, they told us they would sue. And two weeks after Governor Little signed the legislation, the ACLU held true to their word and they sued, which started a long path of sending the legislation to the federal district court, uh, you know, and then and then just holding on to it forever, finally get it to the Ninth Circuit, where the Ninth Circuit initially heard it. Now, the, this is important. When the Ninth Circuit first heard it, there was a justice that was assigned from, from or put there from Obama, one from Clinton, and one from Bush. The Bush justice just grilled down into Chase Strageo, however Chase says Chase's name at this point, and just, just had Chase backpedaling. And so they went through and then they they decided the, the ruling came back that they sent it back to the federal district because they said there was no standing and they wanted the federal did because at that point, uh, Lindsay Hecox, the plaintiff, you know, from or um, had dropped out of Boise State. And so they sent it back and then the ACLU got Hecox to come back and said, oh, no, Hecox is going to re-enroll in school, even though at that point, technically, by the old NCA standards, he would have been eligible. So. So the federal district kept waiting, 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 wouldn't do a thing. The um, judge and I wouldn't do a thing with it until the Ninth Circuit reached back and said, hey, whatever happened to that? And so the, um, the federal district judge finally had to say, yeah, no, leave it as it is, send it back to the Ninth. Then when the Ninth heard it, uh, made their decision again, and this is key, the justice that had been appointed by Bush had gotten sick or something and was removed and another one was put in. And so the the ruling that came back was from from that justice was kind of lukewarm. So at this point, they they kept it as is. And uh, we are now we've appealed with a, an in bank. I, I know people see that differently. So I tried to. So we, we're appealing to more of the justices, the ninth, not the entire ninth, because they apparently have the most justices, but to get a better ruling. And then at that point, we will immediately be appealing to the Supreme Court. We have been encouraged by many of our colleagues, maybe it had been some of you, to appeal to the Supreme Court right away. But the thought was, and in working with ADF also, that we would, would appeal to the larger body as a whole. And there have been many good justices placed on the ninth, not enough, but many uh, under the Trump years. So we're optimistic and we're waiting to hear what will happen with that. Uh, but with what's happened in the fourth uh, district, we're also waiting to hear what happens with the fourth uh, district court of appeals. And uh, we're we are very optimistic that this will then move its way up to the Supreme Court. Wow, and that'll be huge for sure if we have this issue of whether or not making compete in women's sports go to our U.S. Supreme Court and have that uh, U.S. Supreme Court precedent on this issue. You know, some people say it may not have to come to this issue, but uh, we would definitely be happy to have the law of the land to uphold uh, all that we've done in Texas. Um, it looks like we have our next guest on, so I won't uh, belabor this point, but thank you so much, uh, Representative Ehart, for coming on and sharing with us. 
Absolutely. And again, thank you to all of you in Texas Values. You do wonderful work. You set a great standard. And uh, thanks thanks for including me through um, the four, I, I think, four trips to Texas. So anyway, thanks. Do you mind if I stay on and listen? Yeah, I just want to say, too, thank you, good member, Representative Ehart, <laughs> as you always used as part of your intro when you would testify yeah. to other legislators. Okay, thank you for being on. Okay. All right, go. It, it's, it's back in your hands, Mary Elizabeth. All right, so I think our next guest is uh, the wonderful Lori DeVillis. Uh, Lori, we already gave you a wonderful introduction um, about um, your work in Austin before you came on, but you know, just to preface this and set it up a little, we had a huge year across the United States and in Texas when it comes to saving the life of the pre-born. Uh, not only were we upholding and continuing to uphold our Texas heartbeat law that was saving lives, I think we're close to 155,000, maybe 200,000 on today. Um, but we had the uh, long fought victory of having Roe versus Wade overturned. And, you know, that was something that you and so many others um, and Jonathan have worked uh, countless years on to make sure that that would happen, that we would have that terrible precedent overturned. But the work is not done. Um, and a lot of people uh, are coming to be aware that there are more need for workers in the field. And that is what you do. You're the hands and feet of this ministry of taking care of the moms and babies. And you've been doing it so courageously. So just please share uh, with us about what you're doing and some of the awards I think that you won recently as well. Well, I appreciate that, Mary Elizabeth and Jonathan. And I, I got to say the same thing. I love Texas values. Uh, Jonathan and I go way back, probably close to 20 years now or more, uh, and gone through some pretty strong uh, battles and, and victories as a result of those battles. And I appreciate that. And that's what it takes. It takes us, no matter what organization you're with, to link arms. Because what you do, I so appreciate, but I probably will not ever want to really do what you do. <laughs> but uh, I want to come alongside and help you do the, what you do. And a big piece of that is the testimony that we can provide as a pregnancy and family resource center through the years of, I've seen uh, testimony at the Capitol where uh, there are all kinds of witnesses that come and, and give testimony. But when a client steps, steps to that microphone and she shares her experience of how she was treated when she went for an abortion or what she was told, and then told the truth at a pregnancy center, uh, the whole room stops. I know you you get to hang out there at the Capitol and I appreciate you doing that. And we pray for you and lift you all up, your whole team. Uh, but when you see someone who's experienced it, who has lived it, who knows what it is, that room stops. And I know that's a big piece of what we can offer, uh, but even the lawsuit we were in, Jonathan, you probably know the year, I think it was 20, 10, whatever, 2014, okay. Uh, is that when it was settled? No, well, uh, that was the end of it. Yeah, I think it yeah, started yeah. in 2011, maybe 2012. Texas Values yeah. was just getting off the ground. I was still a part of the Liberty Institute team. And then we started Texas Values and continued the uh, the work on behalf of what was not called Trotter House, but was Austin Pregnancy Resource Center at the time. That's right. That's right. And Jonathan was willing to take all of those media calls for me. I think we had seven attorneys with Liberty Institute on that. But National Abortion Rights Action League, 
uh, I guess it was a national agenda that came to really uh, try to shut down key pregnancy centers. And because we're in Austin and because we're at the University of Texas, we were a target. But our team came around, uh, really coached us and taught us what we had to do. I mean, I didn't know at that point what an interrogatory was or what any of that stuff was. Uh, deposition, all of those words I learned, but this I know. When you know what you're doing and you know what you're called to do and you're willing to step forward and do it, God will use you. And that's what God does with Texas Values. And you're right. In 2014, we won that lawsuit. Not only did, did Judge Lee Yackel side with us, but he also ordered the city of Austin to pay all of our attorney fees, which I believe came to a million dollar bill. For me, my calling and assignment is to open pregnancy resource centers and Austin being strategic, but all over the country to truly be those hands and feet of those in need, of those thinking their only option is an abortion because of their situation. And we can take that crisis and give them truth and give them hope and help and healing and not only help them through that crisis and choose life for their baby and their family, but also become successful people in society that can then be what, what we need in our communities to stand for life. So I, 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 I agree 100%. Uh, Lori, yeah. give us the website where people can find out more about your organization. Trotterhouse.org. If you want to check us out, Trotterhouse.org. And we are now opening Trotter Houses all over the country, named after Lilius Trotter, a famous missionary in the 1800s. You can look her up as well. Well, that's the work we need to continue to do. That's been part of our message. Love them both, the mother yes. and the child, particularly in states like Texas, where babies are yes. protected uh, from the beginning of the process, if you will, all through stages of development in the mother's womb. Some other states are not like that, but Texas is. So instead yeah. of focusing on laws that uh, protect the baby, we have all those. Now we want to protect the mother and the child in an even stronger way than we already have. Mary Elizabeth, I see Abby yes. Johnson's on. So let's go ahead and bring her into the conversation. Speaking of the pro-life issue, perfect timing. Lori, thanks yes. for all that you do. God bless you. Absolutely. Thank you, Jonathan. Yes, so next we have the newly minted doctor, Dr. Abby Johnson with us. Um, so excited to have you on. You've been such a good friend to our organization and the work you've done has been uh, so important uh, to this movement of protecting the preborn. I mean, to have your story of where you started um, from working in an abortion clinic, not the abortion clinic, Planned Parenthood, to now saving lives and all of the work that you're doing. And you're uh, somewhat of a movie star, I guess, to say that you have your own movie about your life and, um, that's working to just change the hearts and minds on this issue. So, Thank you, Dr. Johnson, for coming on. Can you just share with us more about where we are um, currently in this um, pro-life movement? You know, we have a heartbeat law. We Roe versus Wade was overturned, but the work doesn't stop there. Can you talk more about uh, what you're doing now for the preborn? Yeah. So thank you, Mary Elizabeth. Um, you know, I think we have done such a good job. I mean, you guys. Texas Values um, has done such a great job of protecting babies uh, in the state of Texas and um, and doing what we can for moms, right, through Texas Pregnancy Care Network and offering um, assistance to moms in need. And so we've, we've done so much, 
legislatively. And uh, that's great. That's, that's what we're here for. Right. Um, But now it's really, I feel like it's a battle of the culture. It's a battle of the mind. Um, We saw what happened recently in the, in the media with the Kate Cox story and, you know, her, her baby that we presume was, was killed by abortion out of state. Um, the baby had a, a trisomy 18 diagnosis and what was really interesting, but also devastating is the culture that we live in now, basically saying even, even Christian even even people who should be standing firm against this saying well you know i guess in that circumstance it's okay to terminate life and that's a really scary state of affairs to live in um because that is that is eugenics right that only some are fit to live but others are not and and so we see fit to kill them. And that is a really, that's a scary time to live in. And so we are now, all of us are now really uh, ministers to the culture and changing minds. And Jonathan always says, the law is a teacher and it is, and it has taught so many people, the value of life, the heartbeat law taught so many people, the value of life, because a heartbeat is such a powerful thing, right? Just to hear a heartbeat. I know every time I've eight children, every time I've heard a heartbeat of one of my children, I've cried because just hearing that heartbeat, it's a sign of life. It's a sign of life throughout the entire medical community. We have that here in the state of Texas and that will continue. Um, but there's so much work that still has to be done. We know well, we have, we know we have medication abortion, um, happening here still in the state of Texas. So we have a lot to do, but it is really about changing hearts and minds right now. Well, and I'm going to jump in real quick because you're dead on changing the culture and the environment. And really, I mean, the culture is there in many ways, not all of it, but it's moved in that direction significantly. That's why there's been a landscape and a foundation in which to pass the type of laws we have in Texas for the Supreme Court to feel like it was time, if you will, to overturn Roe versus Wade. And we have to continue to demonstrate that not just with law and policy, but with our own personal actions, our own sacrifice, our volunteer work, you name it. And just the way that we talk and treat people and respond. And the Kate Cox situation was a perfect example, right, for us as the, in the life movement to say this baby matters, too. Right. Just because there's a supposed disability. We did an interview with Rick Santorum last week, about a week, two weeks ago, because he's, he's got a teenage daughter who has yeah. trisomy 18. This is, you know, the condition that the media wants people to be convinced, oh, it's a death sentence. And to make a martyr out of this woman or, you know, some type of hero because she, you know, she was forced to leave the state. She could have left the state at any time she wanted uh, before that. But the baby was 21, 22 weeks at that point. It's hard to not believe there was some strategy or sort of a stunt to set up this this court case. But the Supreme Court sided with Texas that the, the baby is still to be protected in this circumstance. The law was not followed by the uh, by the doctor in this case, and that's a big reason why they lost. But the reality is an opportunity for us to say, hey, this isn't any different. This baby still has should have an opportunity to live, should be supported. You're doing some of that work with some of your ministries 
I mean, look, you've been your role in the life movement, not only what you did 10 years ago or however long that was when you started some of this, but what you've continued to do, not just your voice, but the ministry work, you're having an influence on legislators, you're having an influence on the media. Tell us what you're doing now. And as we look into 2024, you sent me a couple of ideas too, of what we need to be doing, but I'd love to hear you share some of that. Oh gosh, Jonathan, you know, my mind is always going. Um, so yeah, uh, so I, I do, you know, a lot of, you know, I've, I've run my organization and then there were none now for 13 years and we have helped now just to write it 700 former abortion clinic workers leave the abortion industry and come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that has just been really a miracle. Uh, to witness people ask me, you know, what's, what's that like, Abby, to be on the phone with someone as an abortion worker is walking out of the doors of that clinic for the last time. And I tell people it's like listening to a miracle, um, because that's really what it is. And, uh, and because of that, you know, a lot of times these workers, when they leave, they have all of this knowledge about illegal activity, things that have been going on, and they want to share that. That's part of their healing process, right? That was part of my healing process as well. And so um, because of them, because of we're able to partner with state agencies and, and different uh, federal agencies, we have been able then, or these workers have been able to shut down 43 abortion clinics because of the information that they have that they were able to share with authorities. So that has been a beautiful gift. We know there's been lives saved, physical lives saved, but also eternal lives saved. And so we're really excited about that. Um, but then also, you know, our organization, Loveline, which is a, a 24 hour support line for moms in need, uh, we've just been that has just been blowing up and particularly a lot of moms in Texas. And, uh, and so the more that we talk about these laws that are on the books, the more that we are in the media talking about life, the more calls we're getting and the more lives that are being saved. Education is truly power. And so the more we educate people about the value of life in the womb, the more that women say, Hey, wait, maybe I don't want to have an abortion. Maybe what's going on inside of my body really is important. And maybe I need to value that. Well, and look, to your point, right? The more that women come forward, all of us talk about that in the pro-life movement, even in a situation like Kate Cox, where I think the other side thought, you know, they sort of had us in this, you know, tough position to say, you know, we're ready to discuss this issue. Yeah. This is a great opportunity. Lila Rose, yourself, so many people that were joined the conversation from other parts of the country. We emailed our state partners from all across the country, Texas Values is a part of the Family Policy Council Network, over 40 other state groups that are associated with Focus on the Family. We said, hey, Kate Cox may be coming to your state. Put something out on social media. Let's message a message of love. And so there's there's plenty of work to do on that front because we know that a lot of people now are going to have an opportunity to see, I have a choice. They didn't have a choice before. They were told they didn't. Now right. they really do because we know the natural choice often, uh, the reality is that they want to keep their baby or that it is hard for them to come to that decision to end that the life of that child. And with ministries like yours and others that are waiting. And as we go into 2024, I mean, there's no doubt with a presidential on the line, this life issue is going to be a part of the discussion for this election season. Absolutely. And I have to say two, two things, you know, 
it is going to be critically important that we as Christians, we as pro-lifers know how to talk about this issue, that we know how to talk about these life issues, particularly coming into 2024. Because like you said, this is an election time and abortion is on the ballot in 2024. And so we need to really understand how to be apologists. We are being apologists for the unborn. Um, and so we need to understand how to talk about these issues, how to talk about abortion. And the other thing I'll say, Jonathan, and, and this is to your point, and this is really, this is just really cuts to the heart of the matter. And, and why, what you were talking about with really giving women a choice you know, as we know, the abortion industry, they are always looking to jump on a crisis. And that's exactly what they did in the Kate Cox situation. They saw a crisis and there is not a crisis that they can't figure out how to exploit. And that's what happened in that situation. But they do that to women all the time. They do that to women who are pregnant, <laughs> in crisis, who are scared, whatever it may be. And when those women get that positive pregnancy test, they want them on that abortion clinic table as quickly mm. as they can. That's why they oppose 24-hour waiting periods. That's why they oppose you know, <coughs> ultrasound laws, things like that. So what the Harvey bill has done, what the abortion ban in Texas has done is it has forced women to actually stop and think. It's forced women to say, wait a minute, okay, if I want to have this abortion, I can't do it in Texas. I'm going to have to go out of state. Is this really something I want to do? And we get so many calls on our hotline. We get so many calls at Loveline. Women saying, you know what? I, I think I would have had an abortion. If this law wouldn't have been on the books, if I, you know, if I would have been able to just quickly enter an abortion clinic, I would have had an abortion. And I'm so glad I wasn't able to do that. And so this law, not only is it saving physical lives, yes, that is happening, but it is saving women from a lifetime of regret. Right. And that is so, that is what the law is meant to do. There's no doubt. Look, uh, I would keep you on for an hour. We've got several other panelists that are teed up and I know you promised us a few minutes. We're going to have to bring you back. There's a lot to cover because the life issue is going to be huge in 2024. But Abby Johnson, you were a big part of the success that we had this year on the life issue, making sure we had support. I just want to say one thing real quick. And you changed the conversation or broadened the conversation when it came to pregnancy centers, $130 million coming from a fund now for pregnancy centers all across the state of Texas to get those resources. We hope other states do the same thing, but you broaden it to say, what about rent support? What yeah. about I need help with my car, my utilities, not just diapers and so on. That is, you knew exactly what women were looking for and broadened it. That's made a huge difference, a game changer. So thank you for continuing to be a part of that conversation. And uh, we look forward to talking to you in 2024. Can't wait. Excited. Okay. I Let me bring in Jonathan Covey here real quick, but I'm going to tee it up for him because someone he helped directly through our work at Texas Values, Cheryl Bean from Fort Worth, is going to be jumping in as the next panelist and this is a testimonial. I want her to talk about really the work we did with her because this is someone who had a specific conflict in her community, was already a Texas Value supporter. She was already a friend. And then all of a sudden she found herself 
something dropped right in her lap in uh, her own community at a school where she served on the charter school board. And she turned to us and, and really we were able to put together a strategy and have some success. We had some other friends come along board too, but uh, I'm going to bring Jonathan Covey into this conversation, but Cheryl Bean, welcome to our town hall. I know I saw you enter. Let's bring her back in. Yeah. Th thanks, Jonathan. Uh, welcome, Cheryl. It's great Hi. to see you. Uh, and Jonathan did a great job of summarizing sort of uh, our work uh, over in Fort Worth as we worked with you as well. But but just just to recap that again, getting the opportunity to work with you and, and be able to work with the uh, the Fort Worth Charter School and, and make sure that that boys and girls choirs were were separate, that we recognized that boys boys were boys and girls were girls was just a great opportunity for Texas values. I, I, I'm glad that it brought benefit uh, to that situation as well. But tell us a little bit about how things are going on with that now and uh, what's, what's going to happen going forward. Okay, so when this all came up, I was a new board member. And my very first meeting, there was this issue about what was the definition, a real definition of boy and girl, and therefore how it applies to these long tenured choirs that had been strictly boys or strictly girls. And that's kind of where we started. And thanks to Texas Values and all that they did, and Jonathan Covey in particular coming down with with uh, several people with him and signs and setting up a uh, press conference and everything else and just standing up and actually giving testimony at that hearing that we had for the board, we were able to maintain the line that we're gonna stick with the definition that's currently in Title IX, which says it's basically a biological boy is a boy and a biological girl is a girl, not what you wanna be that day. So we that was the first skirmish. I felt really good that we stood strong and we held it, you know, held that line. It is by no means over. When I say that's the first skirmish, that's the first skirmish. Every board meeting we've had since, we've had some number of people show up, some of the same participants still arguing about, you know, you're not being fair to my child, even though there are two choirs they can be in. You know, if you don't let them do what they want to do and you're discriminating against them based on Title IX, which I think everybody probably realizes that the people in somewhere, I guess, education community is out trying to change the definition of what a boy and a girl is to do that. So, you know, it's been a, uh, it's going to continue to be a challenge. ACLU has now uh, filed, you know, they filed a notice with ACLU and we had mediation, I think, sometime either right before the holidays or to be right after. And we're not honestly paying too much attention to that. We're more there as a, to hear what they have to say and what they think they're going to um, come at us on. But once again, it's a, it's a continuation of this is a boy isn't necessarily a boy and a girl isn't necessarily a girl. And with that comes a whole slew of other issues that go along with that. Because when you have an environment where people are willing to do that, they are confusing these children. And it's conversation in the schools every day about, well, how do you identify today? Are you a furry? Are you a girl? Are you a boy? Are you non-binary? What a thing to be teaching our, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds and up and for them to have to address every day at school. It's been out of control. Well, Cheryl Bean, you've been a big part of your own community, standing firm when it mattered most. And that's one reason why, a big reason why you were the Kelly Shackelford Award winner this year because of how you distinguished yourself on faith, family, and freedom issues in the state of Texas. 
um, as a non-elected official, but we know there are other things to come uh, for you, some other things you're doing, some exciting work you're doing. So we look forward to that. And thanks for being a part of our success in 2023. We're going to move next to, because uh, now we're going to have to move a little bit quicker because we we're waiting on some panelists and then they all showed up at the same time. So we're going to just do the best we can. So y'all indulge us with your patience. Representative Tom Oliverson, I know has been waiting to join in, uh, patiently. And he was the, the Texas House author that protected kids from the gender modification, surgeries, puberty blockers, an issue now that's been held, upheld and protected in court. Dr. Oliverson, Representative Oliverson, if you'll join and just tell us what it was like to survive and get that legislation passed, but now be able to see kids protected. All right, maybe we lost him. I'm checking my messages. Okay. There he is. Okay. Sorry about that. Can you hear <laughs> me okay? Yeah. You're good. This. Yeah. This is so, a uh, fluid concept. No, bad word to use. Right, okay, tell you. us about your work. Yeah, yeah. On, so uh, obviously this was uh, on one SB of those 14. monumental tasks uh, to get done to basically end the process of mutilating children with cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and even surgeries. Um, and, it, and it was one of those things that uh, sort of fell to me uh, this session. And uh, with the help of my good friend Donna Campbell and with the people at Texas Values and a lot of other friends that, that filled the gallery on multiple occasions, we we were able to end that barbaric practice in Texas. Um, it's interesting to me that as we're ending the practice in Texas, uh, you have um, the state of California recently deciding that uh, a, a box store can be fined if they don't have a section of gender neutral, gender fluid toys available for children. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's just very crazy, but, uh, but we got it done. Still more work to be done. I, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about what comes next. I think sure. next session, what we need to focus on is closing down the school to clinic pipeline permanently. You just heard Cheryl Bean talking about how kids are manipulated uh, in school into thinking there's more than two genders and that you can be anything you want to be. Um, they're terribly psychologically damaging to a young mind. Uh, and that just has to stop. And fortunately, because government schools are taxpayer funded, I think the legislature is in a good position to be able to tell them what they can and can't do. So that's where we go from here. Well, Dr. look, and, and you've been a part of that, too, because, you know, you've been studying this issue so much before it came into legislation, before we ever got to the House floor. Uh, and we've been involved in this. We saw this in the schools when it was the abortion issue, you know, them setting up kids to go to counselors to then get around the parents and counsel them to get an abortion. We shut that down for the most part. And now we've got these issues. And so you're right. That's what's on the horizon. Mm -hmm. SB 14 has been protected in state law in the courts. Now we need to move to the next chapter and deal with the 1200 school districts throughout Texas where we can protect kids from even getting any idea that this is the right direction to go. Well, listen, you, you distinguish yourself well in 2023. We gave you a, a couple of awards at our ceremony and our event earlier this year, but we're not done. And we look forward to working with you in 2024. Honored to work with you as always. Thank you very much and happy new year. God bless you, sir. We're going to bring Mary Elizabeth Castle back into the conversation and shift back to the Save Women's Sports issue as Kim Jones is ready to go. Thanks, Jonathan. Yes, this work on the Save Women's Sports issue couldn't have been done with 
uh, national partners and different grassroots leaders um, across the United States and across our state who have really championed this issue and have personal experience with this issue. You may remember Kim Jones came to our policy conference, uh, I believe it was a year ago, and shared her um, heartbreaking story of what happened to her daughter um, at an Ivy League university and how this policy of allowing men to compete in women's sports and be in women's private spaces was being forced upon so many uh, young women athletes, um, even at a higher level um, in the collegiate space. And Kim Jones has really taken her activism and her knowledge and expertise to a higher level. Uh, she spearheaded the protest we had earlier this year in January. It's hard to believe it's been a year already um, to protest the NCAA when they had their convention in Texas, uh, smartly so. Um, and she was able to get tens of thousands of signatures on that petition and is working with different uh, lawyers and attorneys and different women athletes across the country to address this issue. Kim, uh, talk about, you know, what we've done in Texas, how you've seen it be helpful, but also what we're looking forward into the future, especially as we're trying to work on this, you know, across the country. Sure. Yeah. It's great to work with you all in Texas. I'm really glad that you were able to pass the, um, the law in the state to protect women and girls K through college. It's critically important um, to get these laws passed, particularly in states where we have the momentum. Um, the goal, I think, ultimately is to set up a conflict at the federal level so we can make sure that we have the teeth of Title IX back um, in place where it's supposed to be. Um, looking forward, I think we're, we're learning as these laws get tested by the ACLU, who is um, siding with every boy and man that wants to participate in women's sports um, as they're getting tested by the ACLU, by the Biden administration, as they are reinterpreting Title IX or attempting to, um, we are needing to make sure that these laws have as much foundation as possible and to expand upon them. What we're learning is that these laws are written to protect the rosters and opportunities and safety of girls within the state when they compete against teams within the state, but it does not prevent teams from other parts of the country bringing male athletes in and competing head to head against women. So for instance, um, UCLA could come in um, across state lines, compete against the University of Texas and national champ recent national champions in volleyball, bring in a team of all male or a single male athlete and totally change the game, put the girls at risk. And the girls playing for the University of Texas who believe that they have fair and safe sport guaranteed um, by their law would unknowingly be putting themselves at uh, risk of physical injury and be stripped of fair competition. So we need these state laws to have, at the very least, let everyone know who they're competing against. These women need to know if they're entering, and particularly in competitions where their physical safety is at risk. We've got to have people willing to protect the rights of women to opt out of situations that are just downright dangerous. Um, but also well, and Kim, speaking of volleyball, I think we've got Macy Petty on. Nah, yeah, <laughs> she is. Macy, are you with us? Hey, yes, I am. 
I'm handing it back to Mary Elizabeth to steer. I just wanted to bring you in. <laughs> Cue okay. you. Yes. yes. Well, thank you so much, Kim, um, for all you do and all of your insight. Uh, next, we're going to bring in uh, Macy Petty. Um, we're trying to roll along because of time, but uh, Macy Petty was an NCAA athlete who just graduated from college, I believe, this last semester or is about to graduate. Uh, she was there at the rally for the NCAA uh, in San Antonio earlier this year um, and has been fighting this issue head on uh, with Concerned Women of America and their Young Women for America organization. Macy, thank you so much for coming on and talk more about the Save Women's Sports issue where you are and what you're seeing across the United States. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, like you said, I'm a senior in college, and I started testifying on this issue back in freshman year of college in my home state, and the issue was passed up, and they they didn't pass the bill um, because they said it was a non-issue, and so as a female athlete who testified on the bill, who had firsthand experiences, I definitely did not feel heard and certainly not protected, and so um, in 2021, Texas was able to pass the Save Women's Sports Bill. Uh, which really just was shown as like a beacon of hope for us as female athletes that there are people who are who are fighting for us and um, putting these protections in place and really set the momentum for the next three years of college uh, for me to continue speaking out on this issue. And like you said, I was able to join you guys earlier this year in San Antonio for the NCAA convention, which was awesome and just was able to send a very clear message to the NCAA. And then later in this past summer, was able to come celebrate the passage of the Save Women's Sports Bill that extended protection into college, which was so awesome. And we were able to have a Young Women for America ambassador testify on the issue. And so it just really showed a lot of support for female athletes who are having to go through this um, and just continue to, to put these protections in place. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was able to go to the NCAA National Championship for Volleyball because there was a boy who verbally committed to be on a female volleyball team. So we wanted to go and just show support for female athletes and uh, just continue pushing that message on the NCAA that girls sports are for girls only. Because as of right now, the bylaws in the NCAA would allow for a man to join on a girls team. And, and that's something that needs to change. Well, Macy, I'll never forget, you know, having to um, exit that bill signing ceremony uh, with the governor up in North Texas, you know, in a black unmarked vehicle. No exaggeration. Are, are we no. is it accurate that everything is bigger in Texas? What was your impression? And that's not oh, just because are, I'm a University so right. of Texas Longhorn <laughs> fan. OK, you are so right. And it's funny when I went to the national championship, Texas won. So it's a good thing that you got those. <laughs> protections in place, but it's funny you bring that yeah. up. That was a very specific memory in my mind, just because I remember we we stopped and prayed for the protesters. We were all really frustrated, but we were able to stop and just pray for them and the confusion that had covered their eyes to the truth. And that's something really special to me because Texas Values and Concerned Women for America, both faith-based um, organizations who are able to just stand firm in the word and know how to fight these battles because they're spiritual battles. And so it's important to be in the word and, and go forth in prayer. Couldn't have said it better myself. Mary Elizabeth, who do we have next on the Save Women's Sports issue? I think last but definitely not least, we have Representative Valerie Swanson, um, who has championed this issue since 2021. Uh, she helped and authored uh, the Save Girls Sports bill that passed in 2021 to protect girls K through 12, which, as we alluded to earlier, UIL is working hard to make sure it's staying in place and came back 
this past year to make sure that college women athletes are protected as well. Thank you so much, Representative Swanson, for coming on and sharing with us and just share, you know, how you're championing this issue in Texas. Thank you, Mary Elizabeth and Jonathan, both Jonathans and everyone. It has been a real honor to work with Texas Values and all these great grassroots people, the female athletes that have really come forward on this issue. It's been a real team effort. We have to have the athletes. We have to have the, the grassroots stirring the issue. And we have to have legislators, not just me as an author and bill sponsor, but lots of good activist um, legislators who really help get these bills through. So we were so excited to get the Save Girls Sports Bill done in 2021 and come back and pass the Save Women's Sports for college this time. And we know there's a lot left to do. I heard Kim Jones talking about all the things that still need to happen nationally, but we are thrilled that Texas was able to take a firm stand and really get the momentum going, keep it going that, hey, if it's done in Texas, it needs to be done everywhere. We've got to come back. We've got to protect women in private places because we get complaints that there are men just, it's legal. Men can go. They don't even have to be dressed as transgenders. In the Capitol, any man, any woman can go in any restroom and there's nothing our DPS can do. That needs to be changed. Boys just going and sitting in girls' locker rooms and schools. So I look forward to trying to further this and fight on these other issues. And thank you. I know y'all are there all the way. Yes, thank you so much, Representative Swanson. We we appreciate your tireless efforts to champion this issue and uh, we look forward to continuing to work with you on, you know, making sure we have those full protections that these laws are enforced. Um, and so far, it looks really good. So thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you. All right, uh, Jonathan, I, I think you know who's next. Autumn from Autumn Stroop from Family Policy Alliance. You're up. You've been waiting a while. Thank you. No problem at all, Jonathan. My pleasure to be here with you all. What a great show to talk about all that's been done throughout the year. And uh, I know that folks will say, especially folks in states like California or Vermont, they might say uh, it's easy to get these types of things done in Texas that Representative Oliverson and Representative Swanson have been talking about. But I know that's not the case. I know that you all have worked so hard in Texas to secure protections for women in sports and to protect kids from experimental procedures. And now, I, you know, Texas is part of a national movement on this issue where we have 23 states that have protected girls sports and 20 states, nearly half of all states that have protected kids from experimental gender transition procedures. That is, that's huge. It needs to be really underscored. So thank you all for taking the time to do that because we don't want to close out the year with recognizing what's, what's going on here where we have a banner year. The Biden administration is doing its darndest uh, to try to take away those protections for women in Title IX, that federal civil rights law meant to protect equal access to athletic and educational opportunities for women, trying to systematically undo that. Um, you've got all of these, these stories, these terrible stories of kids being transitioned at school without their parents' knowledge or involvement leading to terrible things 
sexual assaults, really bad situations for kids. Um, and states are pushing back despite all of that, despite what's going on. States are pushing back and Texas is a part of that with, like I said, nearly half of all states. And that is huge. I don't think I've ever seen a movement like this. And I've, I've been involved in this, in this work like you have, Jonathan, for a long time. Uh, so it's, it's amazing to see the states and how they're taking this issue on and fighting to protect women and uh, kids. Uh, Autumn, this is Jonathan Covey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hey, you know, I, I got a question for you because, you know, you heard Dr. Oliverson talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the school to clinic pipeline and how we still have work to do. Um, but and, and I believe that's true, not only in Texas, but across the country. Um, and, and one of those things is the, the medical organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics ha have just become so politicized that they're they're constantly looking for new ways to inculcate doctors. You know, just this past October, they had their annual conference in the AAP. They gave several presentations on how to groom kids for a, a sort of a lifetime of medical experimentation, all the while manipulating uh, their families as well. So talk a little bit about work we have to do with these medical organizations. That's exactly right, Jonathan, very well said. But I, I do have a silver lining and some good news here. Throughout the work that we've done, that you all have done in trying to pass these bills to protect kids, we've run into and worked with a lot of doctors who you know, are involved in this every day. They're actually seeing these kids who are struggling. And what they'll tell you is, this is not the norm. Uh, the, the organized medical associations that are true, completely, as you said, Jonathan, they're politicized, uh, but your average doctor is not. They're very concerned about what's happening to these kids. So I think that's a huge silver lining, uh, yes. but it does underscore that we have a lot of work to do as a movement too, because uh, politicized medicine is not actually medicine at all. And we've seen that it violates that first principle of medicine, do no harm. Um, and we've seen that these kids, studies, study after study has shown in the few studies that we have, uh, that these kids are, are worse off uh, oh, or no better off after having gone through all these experimental uh, procedures. And that's a problem that we have to stop and, and it means more work to do. Are you calling? No, look, there, there is big work still to do. I want, as we wrap what? up with you, Autumn, thanks for coming on on short notice. Uh, help people understand the relationship between Texas Values and Family Policy Alliance and give people the website where they can find out more about your work. I'm happy to. Thank you, Jonathan. Yes, and you said it earlier. You said it well, Jonathan. Texas Values is one of 40 state family policy council organizations that are associated with Family Policy Alliance. We are proud to host them all. They're doing amazing work in the states. So hopefully your state is one of the 40 that has one if you're watching from somewhere that's not Texas. Check out familypolicyalliance.com and click on allies to find the ally in your state. Of course, Texas Values is the ally in Texas. Most of you watching are from there. So great work going on there with, with Jonathan and your team. Um, and if you're in a state that doesn't does not have a family policy council, we'd love to get one started. We want to get to 50. So please let us know if you're interested in helping with that. And God bless you all at Texas Values. Thank you for a wonderful, wonderful year. Well, and Autumn, to your point earlier, the first session I worked, we had a bill signing ceremony and my oldest son was, I think, nine months or so. And he attended that with Governor Rick Perry. He's graduated from high school this year. So we have been in this movement a while. Okay, God bless you. Happy New Year. Uh, several of the people have been waiting. Um, 
I Pastor Steve Riggle, did you hang on long enough for us to get to you? I did. Thank you, sir. Such a great leader in the Houston area, but certainly across the country with Grace Ministries and uh, Grace Woodlands. And your work as a church leader, as a religious leader, particularly not being afraid to talk about the important issues. Some people call them controversial, hard. We don't see them that way. They're they're biblical issues. Uh, talk to us about how we've been working together and why it's mattered so much to you as a church pastor, particularly in Texas, to get involved and to use the pulpit the way it should be to preach God's word, but to reach more people and let them know they need to engage in the culture and in the political and election process. Well, how tragic it is that the, uh, the, 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 the politics word has uh, taken uh, a lot of the church out of uh, the moral issues of the day. And uh, because you, you said it exactly right, these are biblical issues. Uh, all of this call has been about biblical issues. And uh, I, I really appreciate uh, everything that you've done, Texas values, what you continue to do. Um, you know, the church, obviously, the, the, the big missing component is, is the engagement of the church across the nation. By and large, it's not that there aren't churches engaged uh, like we are. There are a lot of churches engaged, but not enough, which means there are not enough pastors engaged. And so I I want to say thank you to you for the resources that you provide to churches, to pastors reaching out as you do um, and uh, for uh, the work that you do. The average church would never be informed uh, for the issues in Austin without the kind of work that you do and your representation there. And so I just wanna say a big thank you to that. Thank you for um, supporting those legislators who stand up without, with conviction, uh, without anyone prodding them to. And thank you for encouraging those who need a little encouragement to stand up. And the reason you can do that is because you're there. You guys are there. I don't think I've ever been to the Capitol. I didn't see one of you guys there. I appreciate that. You're not only there at the Capitol, uh, but when it's necessary to stand up, as we've had to do here in Houston, you guys were here, and I appreciate that. Well, there's no doubt, and and I believe it's still true. We're the only faith and family, state-based Christian organization that has someone at the Capitol every day during the legislative session, which stretched all the way into December this year. Our office is across the street from the Capitol to make that much more convenient uh, Pastor Riggle, you're right. Houston means a lot to us. I was born and raised there, but it's the biggest city in the state and the fourth largest city in the country. What happens there in the greater Houston area, the Woodlands, Conroe, Kingwood, wherever you, you know is around that area matters so much and, and can have an influence on our state, but the, but the rest of the country with no doubt. Many legislators are attending your church because they're inspired by what you do in your message, and, and you bring a lot of those subject matters um, as part of your preaching during the week. On Sunday, you've had us there as well. We look forward to doing more of that. And you're right, we have a, um, a resource called Churches and Elections on our website. People want to find out how to stay engaged, what is legal to do, and so on. I, I don't have to tell you this, but share with our listeners that you appreciate and you know 2024 is going to be a big year because we're electing a president and a lot of other people. And that is not, that's the perfect reason for people to know what does the Bible say about these issues and does my candidate stand for that? Yeah, exactly right. 
absolutely. And uh, the church must engage in this next election uh, so that uh, this, this nation can be turned around. We have to turn out to vote pastors and churches. It's really important. One encouraging sign uh, that you might not even be aware of is that um, when we had to stand up to the mayor here in Houston, Texas, one of those who actively stood with us, and you would have met him a number of times, just became a city council member. A pastor in this city was just elected to the Houston City Council, and he was one of those who withstood the mayor with us. You know, I I was aware that he was on the ballot. I didn't see the results. And what a tremendous success story. And we'll talk more about that in the days to come because uh, they're, you know, look, showing up that way and then flipping it, right? To then go and run for office. A lot of people are inspired that way. I don't know. You want to give credit to Maranese Parker for that. So be it, uh, you know, and so whatever it takes. But, you know, hopefully it's a sign Houston is heading in the right direction. And we're going to continue to help move things in that direction, not only this year, the end of this year, but moving into 2024. Thank you, Pastor Steve Riggle, for your leadership and working so much and so closely with Texas Values. I think our friend, speaking of the Houston area, Christian Collins, and speaking of different uh, groups and segments of voters, uh, how important young people are. Okay, my oldest is going to register to vote in three or four months. He's going to be able to vote this time, this presidential election. Tell us about what you've been doing with the youth and why that's mattered so much to you, Christian Collins. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan, and the team for having me be a part. An honor to be with this distinguished group here and your work is so important, everything that you're doing with the legislators and encouraging them to continue to uh, move in the right direction and move the ball forward. I'm, I'm always impressed with every cycle. You guys have victories that you're putting up on the scoreboard. So just keep up the great work and keep fighting the good fight. Well, you, and you listen, we were one of the speakers at your Texas Youth Summit earlier this year. Uh, again, that entity and that effort that event continues to expand and grow what are you tapping into there yeah um well thank you so much for asking texas youth summit has really grown in the last five years and we have great plans uh this upcoming year you know for continued growth a bigger conference uh, more speakers um and in making the uh the, the audio visual effects uh, even better than they've been in the past and so uh, we're working on on that front. And, um, you know, what I think it is, is is young people really want to find purpose and meaning in life. And um, they're having all these different voices speak into them from TikTok and um, social media and just in general and their schools and Hollywood. And there's so many different voices, but they need moral clarity. And this idea that young people cannot be socially conservative is completely false. And I, I think we're seeing this trend in the positive direction on every issue from family to life, especially life. Um, they're going in the right direction. And one success story we had, I went and spoke at Sam Houston State University, and there was a young lady named Emily. And, and this was actually at Pastor Steve Riggle's church where we had our conference where she came and spoke, and she shared her story. Um, she had been radicalized on TikTok into thinking that she was supposed to be a male and she was going to have sex reassignment surgery. She was going to do everything that she needed to do, hormone therapy to get to the place where she could pretend to be a male. And she didn't go through with it. Thank God. And this happened to a pastor's daughter too. You know, when I looked at her, she looked very feminine and lovely and everything. You would never know that this person was going through that. 
Um, and she came and she shared her story at um, Texas Youth Summit that year, and it was really powerful. And we're, we're seeing that young people, they need um, a place where they can have community and connection. And so we're just excited about the, the conference that we get to put on every year. And, um, you know, we've done things in South Texas. Uh, we're working to do some good work in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area this year. And um, in addition to that, uh, we're working, we know how important the church is. And so we want to have a really awesome event for pastors and their wives uh, this year. And um, we 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 are going to have a, a great a great event, and so um, more details to come on that. But just intrigued and excited to continue to work uh, side by side with Texas Values, and and to have you both uh, you know involved in both of those um, great events. So yeah, we be- look forward to it. This was a great year. You and I spent a lot of time interacting more, collaborating on different things. You were able to be a part of our policy event. We got oh, to speak at awesome. your event. And so we look forward to it. Uh, a great 2024. Happy New Year to you, my friend. And uh, we'll, we'll be working together and, and checking out your event and promoting it soon. God bless you. Speaking Thank of you, youth, so much. we Thank have you. somebody on our team, our policy intern, Megan Benton, who is uh, a rising star. She's already distinguishing herself. She's got a legislative session under her belt, so to speak, uh, with quite a few victories she was able to be a part of. And we're just blessed she continues to do work with us as she's in her senior year at the University of Texas. Megan, what's it meant to you to be a part of the Texas Values team and get some of the experience that you've had? It's been an incredible experience. Um, I got involved in politics when I was about 18 years old, but I didn't have any experience with the legislative session or all the work that goes into it until I joined the Texas Values team. And so getting to go through that entire process for the first time this year has been just one of the most incredible experiences I've actually ever had. And One of the most important things that I got to work on was the safe women's sports issue, like we've been talking about. And just being there and getting to talk to so many different people about why it's important and what we're doing. Because as a kinesiology major, I I would have laughed at you if you told me five years ago that we'd even be discussing this, but here we are. And so getting to work on that issue was just something that was so fulfilling and incredible. And it's it's a really incredible experience because as someone who's 21 years old or 22 now, you don't get those opportunities very often. And so when the Texas values team reached out to me and offered me an internship, it it wasn't something I could say no to. So it was an incredible experience. I got to work on the um, gender modification issue a little bit as well, but just being in the Capitol day after day, getting to work with the team was honestly the best experience I could have had. Well, you did a fantastic job, and I don't think we ever asked you to make a copy of a piece of paper. You were doing the, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I make copies all the time and print things out. But my point is, our interns, we get them on the playing field to continue to borrow from the sports topic here, right? You were testifying. Um, we insisted that you do a media interview and pre- uh, prepped you for it. But we want our interns, we want people that are part of our work to be to get that experience. Sometimes you got to take the training wheels off too and just get out there and see what happens um, when the game is being played, right? You can't manufacture the legislative session. It's very difficult. Even if you do a mock of it, it's still not the same. And so while we had the opportunity, we tried our best to put you in opportunities, not just to get to the experience, but to succeed. And for you to see yourself and to realize, I can do this work. I can be good at it and I can make a difference. And you definitely did. So we hope you keep saying yes to being a part of our team and and what we're doing because you're making a difference. And I'm sure 
you're inspiring other young people as you did as a TPUSA, Turning Point USA representative, and some of the things you've done on campus and other places. So we really appreciate your significant part of the Texas Values success in 2023. Thank you, Megan Benton, policy intern for Texas Values. I think we got all the speakers somehow. We just went about 10 minutes or so over, except for Alex Woodby, who's got the most important job, which, oh, Matt Long, I'm sorry. Is Matt still waiting? Yes, Matt Long. Matt Long, our good friend from the Fredericksburg Tea Party, Patriot Voice, I forget. What's the name of your show in the network? It's called uh, the Hill Country Patriot. Hill Country Hill Patriot. Patriot.com. Thank you. Let's see right there. Close us out before we bring the money guy on to t- twist people's arms to donate. Absolutely. I've been hosting a radio program uh, down in the Hill Country that streams live for about four and a half years now. And uh, I was the past president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party and have been very engaged in training people and getting them up to the Capitol and uh, but getting them to testify and finding subject matter experts for them. And I have to tell you, the TX, uh, Texas Values, has they have been a tremendous asset for our grassroots groups and for others that I know of. And so I just want to say thank you to that and any other grassroots workers out there that are looking for uh, the the assets that these guys don't hesitate to reach out to them. Uh, they're right there by the Capitol, and they have been great for the Fredericksburg Tea Party. Also, Jonathan comes on to my radio program every Wednesday morning at 9.15. I'll put the sign up here again. Every morning at 9, or every Wednesday morning at 9.15, Jonathan Signs comes on to our program, and uh, he just gives us some insight and uh uh, sometimes some insider secrets from the back halls of the Capitol and um, some good analysis. And um, our right, what we're working on right now and what we're going to be focusing on is local, local, local. We're going to be working on replacing some of the uh, trans publicans or rhinos that are representing our area. And then also working here with our local county executive committees in the Republican Party. So we're sticking as local, local as we can. And good Lord, we're trying to save Texas. Thank you, you for got, inviting me today. You got that right. And you do a great job because I always get a message from you the night before, you know, what we're going to talk about. But, you know, it, it's not cupcake questions and in softballs. I mean, there's, you know, you and I are on the same page with everything, but my point is you do some study, you get deep, we go below the surface. We try to give people information they probably wouldn't get somewhere else. I love being able to provide that resource, some insight, some knowledge. Sometimes it's breaking. Sometimes it's in the moment. I'm coming off the house floor or outside the Capitol, wherever we are, our team is is really right in the middle of the action, if you will. And a lot of that is being positioned so we can help people that are in your listening audience go to the Capitol and make more of a difference because we can't do it by ourselves. So Hill Country Patriot, I'm on there every Wednesday, 915. Thank you, Matt Long. Have a wonderful, happy and happy new year in 2024. Okay. Pastor Tovar actually is last. The folk hero, um, the man in the hat with the mustache, Pastor Jorge Tovar, who's our South Texas Director for Church Outreach and Church Ambassador Network of Texas. So, Pastor Tovar, are you still with us? Yes, I'm here. Um... So, we're over time, but we got a minute because you're important. Talk to us about the role that you're in for Texas Values and why it's mattered. Uh, yes, um, I'm uh, involved with Texas Values. There he is. Here I am. <laughs> I'm about Texas values and been there for a few years already. And 
Um, I, I'm in charge of the, uh, of the South Texas uh, Outreach. I'm a coordinator for the Outreach for the Churches. And I'm also involved with the uh, Church Ambassador Network of Texas. Um, and uh, so I've been involved uh, for a few years now. Uh, and um, it's, it's been a great journey. Um, uh, I don't know what else you want me to say. Um, well, look, and when we need you to, you we talked about this earlier. You were our radio guest. You provide interviews in Spanish. <laughs> Sometimes you provide um, coaching for interviews in Spanish for people that are members of our team like myself, you know, look, a lot of people in, in Texas speak Spanish, particularly down in South Texas. There are a lot of Spanish speaking media that cover our work and we want that audience to be served as well. And sometimes you're my pastoral spot, uh, counselor, right? You provide great insight. And I think that presence that you have with our team, I'm tapping into more and I'm, I'm looking forward to our folks doing that. But, um, it's been a big part of what we do and the right. and really the sense of family that you bring to the team too. One of the things that uh, I'm also excited about is that, that uh, Texas values is uh, reaching uh, or planning to reach now to South Texas more and more. And uh, there's a few people that, you know, that I've been talking to and uh, they're excited because, you know, once I mentioned, you know what, Texas value wants to come down here. So prepare yourself and, and let's get something going. So they're excited about that because of the, just simply the information uh, that uh, uh, that is brought up from the, from the capital straight into their in, into the churches, into the pastor's knowledge about what's going on, about the religious freedom and uh, everything that's taking place, all the, the, the laws that uh, favor religious freedom that have passed lately in this uh, couple of years, a few years that I've been involved with. So they're excited to hear it firsthand from Texas Values. You know, uh, we visited South Texas, but uh, not I, I don't think it's uh, uh, not enough, but we've, we've been there and they're excited because they know through emails, they know about and, and through through the news the news media um, and, and the emails that the Texas Values has sent out for, they know they have the knowledge of what's going on. But when they hear that Texas Values come down to South, South Texas, just to visit and and, and uh, expand on everything that's going on and what the churches can do and pastors can do and with what they cannot do. I mean, they're excited about that. So I'm well, we'll be doing more of that. And, and that includes that our iVoter Guide project and resource through freevotersguide.com website is going to be in Spanish. And we're going to be pushing that into a lot more uh, areas of the state so people are aware of it and we can make use of it so god bless you pastor tovar tell martha we said hello and happy new year to you amen same to you happy new year god bless okay where's the money man alex would be to tell you the different ways that you can give and donate to texas values sorry about that you're uh, up yeah so we just getting closer and closer to the end of the year, we have a $100,000 matching grant in place. Uh, you can donate online. We can accept uh, donations from your donor advised front fund, from stock options, uh, different investment accounts like that. Uh, we can accept donations as cars or other, uh, other things like that, as well as um, like gas cards for our travel and airline miles. Um, but uh, donations as far as like uh, checks and 
uh, online donations do does have a hundred thousand dollar matching rate in place until December thirty first, um, and we need your help to save Texas and fight for Texas. Well, and Alex, we don't want people to wait until eleven fifty nine on Sunday night, December thirty first. But if they do, and they call us or they access our website, um, even on Sunday, are we going to be accepting donations? We will be up till midnight on Sunday accepting donations. Somebody will. <laughs> some, <laughs> some some electronic resource will too. And if and if you postmark your your mail or you date your check for December 31st and put it in the mail um by, you know sometime on Sunday on the 31st, mailbox rule says that counts for 2023 for your tax purposes. We know that's important. We know we have bills, we have to pay expenses, we have to cover by the end of the year. We're playing catch up. What a busy legislative year, policy year, legal year, a whole host of things. Local battles like Fort Worth, we did not see coming, and we turned on a dime to get them done. So uh, txvalues.org, make Alex's job easy. Let him go to sleep at 7 o'clock on uh, Sunday night. Send your donations in early. Let's make history this year, okay? We made history on the policy front. Let's make history on the giving front. I would love, 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 love if we had a year where every person on our email list just gave at least a dollar, everybody counts. I would love just to feel like everybody got invested. Um, I don't know how many people we have on our email list now, 100 to 200,000, whatever that is. About but 200,000 on our email list right yeah, now. It's, it's, I mean, if everybody gave a dollar, we're done tomorrow, right? Um, but we know that it usually doesn't happen, but I want you to consider that. Be able to say at the end of the year, you were part of what we did. Right. Don't I mean, it's time to get off the sidelines. I don't know where people are. Some people watching this or when this is reaching you. But, um, you know, look, you're a part of what we're trying to do. We, we can't do it by ourselves. We got Texas Values University getting launched in 2024. We've got our grassroots program and project being launched in 2024. We're about to expand in a whole new way at a Texas level way. All right. We're going to fight for Texas. Watch for that hashtag. We're going to be using a lot. Um, and, and we can't do that without the resources. We've got the ideas. We've got the desire. We've got the track record to know that we can do things well. We're bringing it to everybody. It's not going to just be our team anymore and a handful of volunteers. Um, but invest now in that. Before the year ends, txvalues.org. We're a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all your donations are tax deductible uh, to the furthest extent that the IRS says that they are. But look, and, and 2024 has got a, a whole lot coming at us. Uh, I mentioned I got something in the mail from Satan, I guess, some satanic entity that's trying to put a curse on me. They wrote very specifically that what they're targeting is the exact work that we're involved in trying to take us down, okay? And and I don't take this stuff lightly. You know, I'm a very strong Christian and I pray as often as I can, but those evil forces are out there. So they realize, oh, we can't beat you in the legislature. We can't beat you in the courts. We're coming after you spiritually, right? And so let's not take that for granted. One of the ways we can combat that is when our organization is strong and they know we've got an army of people across the state. So make that donation, even if it's a dollar. I want to see everybody, even if we had 50%, man, what, what an, what an amazing thing. I would love to wake up Monday morning and see that we got flooded online with like, you know, 2,500 different people donating. All right. It can happen. 
All right. If you've already donated, send it to your friend. Tell them, look, you got to be on board with Texas values. You got to be on board with faith, family, and freedom, right? Let's do this together. So thanks, Alex, for all that you do. We went long. Thanks for indulging us. Some people that came on late or stayed the whole way. We missed Representative Shaheen. We had some technical difficulties. That's okay. We'll get him and his well-dressed presence on our show in um, one of our events here soon. But thank you for a wonderful 2023. We're not done. We still got to get through the 31st with some fundraising efforts and some support. Who knows what will come up before then. But as we look back, check out our blog post, some highlights from the year, a lot of things to be thankful for, things to look forward to that didn't get done. We needed to address Governor Abbott's leadership on the school choice issue being one, how that's going to relate to elections, a lot of questions about that. By the way, if you haven't seen it yet, I have this great resource. It's the 50 greatest leaders from the pro-life movement. If you want a copy of it, I got to write two articles, one about Abby Johnson, Carol Everett. It is a fantastic read. A lot of great stuff to celebrate the pro-life issue, but we got to get prepared for 2024. But thank you for an amazing, an historic 2023 um, with, with so many incredible things happening couldn't have done it without you. Couldn't have done it with so many of the partners that came on the broadcast today. And that's why we wanted to bring them on, to showcase them a little bit, for you to hear the people we work with, and a little bit of way for us to say thank you to them. Because that's how we get things done together for faith, family, and freedom in Texas. So enjoy the rest of your year. Uh, celebrate, get together with fr friends and family, and and reflect on the blessings. And, and sometimes we can think about, but I didn't get this, or you know, we focus on the things that we don't have. Um, we can't take those for granted. And um, as we close out, I want to do it in the name of Dean Johnson, who, excuse me, of uh, Dean Nelson, who passed away um, earlier, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. He was involved in the pro-life movement and religious liberty movement for many years, mainly in the D.C. and Virginia area, but nationally. He was leading efforts for Human Coalition, Frederick Douglass Institute, and many others. Uh, his his uh, memorial service was today. Couldn't be there um, up in the D.C. area, but but we thought about him. We thought about Chelsea Yeoman, a part of his team, and so many, um, because the, the work that we do here matters, but it also matters the way we did it, and he did it so well as a Christian. So God bless every one of you, and we'll talk to you in 2024.